0: I'm Brad Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSEN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF, Kinston.
1: And welcome to hour two of uh, the Brian Hanks Show here on Wednesday, December the thirteenth. This is episode. 988 you are listening to hour two man what a fun first hour we had here with uh our regular wednesday guest kinston's renaissance man himself mike martin and then john marshall of white and allen uh some if you miss the first hour we're not going to rehash it because there was a lot of stuff we talked about there including uh
2: John's, john's favorite Supre- being- john's favorite supreme court justice yeah yeah let's, let's pull that if you want
1: to know that you're going to have to listen to the first hour you can do that by going to brianhanks.com you can listen to the replay right here on 960 bet on the bull at three o'clock or even go to 252 espn and listen to hour two there uh, and listen we're not going to waste any time let's jump right into uh, we 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 did all the live talk all the uh john rom talk all that in the first hour so if you want to know about that you need to listen to that take over here mike uh, about the golf balls
2: so and, and and john is is infinitely more knowledgeable than i am but so in the last week again um and this has been a conversation that's probably been taking place the last four or five years um that the the rna and the usga have agreed to roll back the golf ball um, and so I've listened to a lot of podcasts recently about this and, um, you know, there's, there's several different explanations as to why this is necessary, but yeah, you know, golf golfers hit the ball farther today than they ever did. I, I'm of the belief that there are countless explanations as to why that has happened, but, uh, but technology is certainly at play um and yeah the technology and the drivers and the clubs and the uh, yeah and the equipment, but also the technology and the golf ball. so in an effort to um, to to create a shorter hitting golf ball um the the r n a which is the royal and ancient, mm-hmm. which is they're the ones that make the rules and uh for international golf and everywhere, then, everywhere but the USA and then the USGA either chooses to adopt their recommendations or and um things that we've seen you know in relatively recent is uh the changes of grooves on wedges uh the banning of the anchored putter you you can still use the long putter but you're not allowed to anchor it and and things of that nature um but this is a Um, this is a change that will impact golf across the board, including, you know, the guys who, you know, play two or three times a year. Um, and the, the reasoning is I like how they phrase it in the environmental impact that it has on the game of golf because of the amount of. Property the number of acres it, you know, that that's a limited resource, and that the golfers of today have stretched the limits, so that those courses are a lot of courses are no longer presenting the challenge that they were originally designed to present, um, and so the the RNA and the USGA. Meet with um, golf equipment groups, uh, Titleist, Strixon, TaylorMade, um, Callaway, in order to you know change the golf ball and 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 change the way the game of golf is played today. John, I mean,
3: did I touch? Did I yeah, touch I mean, the yeah, broad strokes yeah, I mean, there? Yeah, broad strokes. I mean. The, 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 there, there is, there has been a lot of changes in technology in the in the time of, that I played golf. I mean, I played with persimmon-headed woods; they were real wood heads, and a ballada wound. With, remember the rubber bands inside the golf ball, uh, golf ball. I mean, it was it was just a completely different thing. And, and we play with better equipment today on a lot of different levels. the 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 distance debate has come about because, for elite professionals certain golf courses have become obsolete. They they hit the ball farther now than they've ever hit it in their lives. They're bigger, faster, stronger athletes. That's the tiger effect. But the equipment's better, too. Their club head speeds have increased. The ball speeds have increased. The ball is, is faster, and the ball goes further. And you saw it really summer before last at St. Andrews when the um, – they were driving, you know, five or six par fours and hitting three woods into 18 and just, just just craziness like that. And I think that was really the tipping point that they finally decided they were going to try to do something. What they couldn't do was really deal with the problem, that is the elite professional, because the elite professional refused to change. Greed, narcissism, ego, you call it whatever you want to call it. The average golfer is really not affected, neither by the improvements in the, in the golf ball technology, nor the rollback. Because if you can imagine, the best best example I have for you is is the old Super Bowl that we had growing up. If you had one of those big Super balls you've got at the dime store, if you take that ball and you drop it at, at waist level, it bounces a certain point. You take it and you drop it at a little higher level, it bounces even further. That golf ball has become a Super ball, so that at when somebody swings at 120 miles an hour, the exponential effect of that ball flying off that club, ha- club face because of the extra speed it it is exponential that their distance is much greater than somebody like me. My club speed speeds 103, 105 on a very good day. I don't get that kind of exponential effect off that golf ball, nor will I be affected as much by the rollback of the golf ball because it won't affect me very much at all. If it were me and I were king, I think what they ought to do is come up with a – golf is one of the only sports where everybody gets to pick their ball. When you play NFL football, they give you the ball. When you play NBA basketball, they give you the ball. When you play Major League Baseball, they give you the ball. And that ball doesn't change. That ball changes a lot year over year over year over year. They could come up with a tournament golf ball on the golf courses that are that are most affected and over which obsolescence is the greatest concern and give those players. Each manufacturer could make their own tournament ball, just had to meet certain specs. So they could still play as tight as they want to or a sign if they want to and they could make that ball available for that tournament and solve the problem and not affect. Because what's, what's happened is you've got the people that are getting paid are beginning to affect the pocketbooks of the people who play to pay, yeah. play, pay to play, and, and that's a problem. And the perfect place to do that would be the Masters. Absolutely, because they've and, got the they've got the power the, of the good Lord down there. It seems as much as he does. Quick question: Why don't they do that? And that's a I got to tell you it's something I've never thought about. Wow. Well, there, they're a, right. Uh, why so don't it's they, not, they? It's you, not it's not original thought with me. No, it's, okay. it's 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 a it's a to, it's a hot topic, and and most people think. I say most people. It's hard to say what most people think, but it, there is a huge group of folks out there that think that they have missed the RNA and the USGA missed on this because they affected everybody as opposed to real it's it's kind of like 20 years ago we had a problem with people coming to work on time we had three or four people that were the problem we had 50 that were doing everything they were supposed to do we put in a time clock made the other 50 mad to solve the problem that we really just need to solve I, I th- they just need to solve the real problem here and,
2: and to expand off what john was just talking about there so and what i think it may be you know, a contributor to this as well. So what you have is there's not a soul not a soul that is playing professional golf today that has ever pulled their wallet out since they've been a professional to pay for a golf ball.
3: Or round a
2: golf. Or a round of golf or a golf club. But So, much of the money around around the game of golf is equipment. And, you know, Golf Digest does the hot list every year, and and I would imagine that it's probably one of their best-read issues because, you know, the average golfer that may not read that publication is going to get that to see. You know, it's the wish book. It's, you know, the Christmas catalog. Mm -hmm. So, Here's what happens. So, Pro V1 golf ball is probably the most widely recognized golf ball. It's a titleist golf ball. Pro V, um, fifty dollars for a dozen, 50, roughly
3: fifty dollars a dozen. Yeah, and oh my God, right? Well, yeah, but As someone who doesn't it, play. But, that's, but I'll tell you this: it's a better value than the old Balata ball was at twenty eight dollars a dozen because it lasts a lot longer if you don't lose it. So yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, it doesn't warp, <laughs> but um, but so.
2: You know, in order to go from where the ball is today to roll back, all of these companies, research and development, marketing, all of those things are going to take place, which none of the professionals incur that cost. That cost falls onto... Yeah, yeah. And, I'm point, and, I'm pointing right, at, John and, at at Mike, right. cool. and and, and yeah. even beyond. And so, from my perspective, you know, your your attempt here is to, you know, create golf courses that are no longer that won't be obsolete to professionals, but those golf courses were never going to be obsolete to the people who
3: write the paychecks. Of those who work there. I've played mm-hmm. some of the golf courses. They're worried about being obsolete. They're not obsolete for me by yeah. any stretch. Golf course, golf club manuf- or golf club, equipment manufacturers are the greatest snake oil salesmen in the world. If everything that they said was going to give me 20 yards over the last 40 years to give me 20 yards, I'd be hitting it 800 yards. <laughs> I'm not hitting it 800 yards. They are Their clubs are more hittable. I will give them that. The clubs are easier to hit than what they were 40 years ago. Uh-huh. But they, they... To to the average player, they don't go any further. So, is there a solution Farther. to this? Um, I mean, uh, other than well, what answer, you said earlier they, about they,
1: when you're at a major, or not a major, but you're at a tournament, a professional tournament, that they have to play the ball of that tournament, maybe. Well, it, just, it It sucks that it affects you that it affects you mike and you john i mean and, and jason and ever and right. jimmy smith and everybody
3: else that tries to get out there and play i, I don't i don't know i mean the, the the golf industry right now is such a dumpster fire <laughs> it, it really it, is it's, it's going to take a while for some of this stuff to work itself out that some there may need to be some adults that come into the room yeah there needs to be some cooler heads that prevail i don't know where they're going to come from but but i think that's uh you know, the answers right now, the answers to all your questions are, is money. Yeah. And that's what's driving the train. Well, and and, and so
2: to, to tie this sort of yeah. all together, you know, it, it, you've got live, you've got, you know, equipment manufacturers, you have, you know, it, 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 you're right, it's all money. And, you know, regardless of what the PGA Tour decides or the RNA decides or any of those organizations, money's going to prevail and, and, you know, it's, it's our good friend capitalism uh, playing (laughs) against us again, but um, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult time to be a golf fan. I think Um, it it creates good conversation and I think it, it creates uh, it, it creates a lot of fodder, but, I, I'm not sure that it's doing a lot of good for the long-term health. Of the I don't game. think I don't think it's good for the game at all. We um, just did an hour on golf,
3: a man. niche a niche sport.
1: <laughs> How awesome is that? But it was awesome, and thanks for all the people that reacted.
3: John, thanks, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate good you. See, you hanging thank around, you. Mike? Yeah. Go for yeah. the yeah. For, yeah. Th- thank you guys yeah. for having me. I'm, no. I'm I'll, I'll come back anytime. I, I appreciate it. Not, uh, and so
2: had a professor at East Carolina, back to the tie this back into the chief justices. He, um, he worked for Hugo Black Mm -hmm. and while I'm in his class, they do a, it it was a big time. The history channel does this thing about, um, the, the, the Ku Klux Klux Klan and, uh, Hugo Black was a, uh, not only a member, but a grand whatever. And I'm like, okay, how are you going to tie this into (laughs) this? Like your favorite justice? I mean, You've gotten two justices today uh, you know, mentioned in your show and an hour of golf. So your ratings have probably dropped precipitously. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. John, thank you so much, thank buddy. You thank me. you so much. you have a good day. Later, you bro.
1: too. Okay, uh, let's get uh, Matt Grantham up here on the line with us uh, as uh, we're going to pivot from uh, from uh, talking golf. And, man, what a great guy, man. Dude, he's the uh, uh, best. He's... John Marshall, man, really do appreciate him. But on our line with us right now, we appreciate him, too. We originally had him scheduled to join us about 10 minutes ago. Can you believe, Coach Matt Grantham, we just talked about golf for an hour, dude.
2: I was enjoying
4: listening to you guys uh, solve all the problems (laughs) in the world of golf.
2: I love it. I love
1: it. I got to tell you, Coach Grantham, uh, uh, Matt Grantham from uh, Lenore Community College uh, Basketball, uh, I've had a lot of fun over the last what two or three weeks. I think I've seen you five times. Uh, I've Mike Martin's seen you three. Uh, we, we we've tried to bring you a, a little group of guys up in a, in the second level that yells at the officials and the other team and all that. But I mean, you have given us some entertainment, some great entertainment, including last night's eighty three to sixty five win over Guilford Tech that improves. LCC to eight and three overall, seven and two in Region Ten. Goodness gracious, Coach! Uh, look, my first question before Mike jumps in here too is that uh, hey, you you knew you were going to have a pretty good team this year. I remember talking to you in the summer. You you had some high expectations for this team. Quite honestly, though, Coach, if I'd have told you. You were 8-3 and three after your first 11 games. If I'd have told you back at the ECI when you and I were hanging out and I told you you were going to be 8-3 and three after your first 11 games, would you have smacked me upside the head or would you have said, hey, we're supposed to be 11-0? What would have been your reaction then, Coach?
4: You know, I, I knew with the guys that we had signed um, and the character of those young men um, that we were going to have a chance uh, to be pretty good. I just didn't know you know, how they would adjust to college basketball, to the demands of it. Um, you know, when you've got this many freshmen, it it really can go either way. They got to really fall in love with, with the work and they got to really like being around one another or it can go south any given day. Um, but, you know, I knew we had a chance if they were willing to work and I, I wasn't sure if I thought that all the things I believe in would translate um I've been around college basketball at a lot of different levels, um, but you know there's always some unsurety and then, as we got into practices at the beginning, there were some days I felt like we were pretty good, and then there were some days where I wasn't so sure um, you know early in the year, I would have told you I thought we were going to shoot the basketball pretty well, and we really haven't been able to make that many threes uh, in the last month or so, so You know, our identity is different now than I think I saw it being when we put this team together. But, you know, long way to answer your question. I I thought we had a chance to be pretty good. I just didn't know what to expect from the league, and I didn't know, you know, how they would handle the the marathon of a season. Um, But they've done a really good job so far and and fought really hard to to be in this situation, and I, I hope we can keep it rolling.
1: That voice you to, Matt Grantham uh, here on the Brian Hank Show this morning. Myself, Mike Martin. Uh, I got it. The, the, the neat thing, I guess you'd call it a statistical or a schedule anomaly. As you open the season, you won two, you lost one. You won two, you lost one. You won two, you lost one. Now you've won two in a row again. Uh, with uh, Mid-Atlantic Christian coming up, which I know we're going to get into here in a moment, but hey, just one of those schedule anomalies, isn't it, that you got to win two, lose one, win two, lose one.
4: It One of the, one of those things you see sometimes in college basketball, right? Well, trust me, Brian, I'm I'm a I'm a big studier of the numbers, um, so that not <laughs> being able to win three in a row yet has not escaped me. I'm very uh, aware of that, and, and this is a big stretch for us to kind of get, that monkey off our back a little bit. Um, you know, I think early on, and and our two first losses to to Cleveland and to Fayetteville Tech, you know, take nothing away from those two programs. Um, they fought really hard, and both of them uh, matched our toughness on those nights that were able to give us problems. But, you know, those were our first two weeks of the season, and both of them were the third game of the week. Um, and so I think that's one of them situations where – our youth, our immaturity, both as players and a young, immature head coach. I think the fatigue of, um, you know, playing in your third game of, of, during a week and it being in that kind of pressure situation, I think the, the f- mental fatigue got to us. I don't think our approach was as good for those two games. Um, now, last week when Coach Apple and his team from Hills came in here and beat us on our home floor, uh, that was just a, a matter of, you know, them showing up with a plan and, and matching their identity and us not being able to do what we needed to do. But those first two I do think that um a bit of it was just being young, having nobody who's been through college basketball, playing three games in a week. You know, we stumbled a little bit. But uh we've got a really, really challenging stretch of games when we come back from Christmas that are almost exclusively on the road. So we're going to have to grow up really fast when we get back and get back to it because uh, the, the schedule only gets harder from here.
2: Coach Grantham, uh, Mike Martin here. It's awesome to, uh, to be able to chat with you this morning. Um, for those of us that, that may not be as familiar, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, you know, how, did, how did you get to the point where you are today, the hey basketball coach at Lenore Community College?
4: Uh well I guess if you go all the way back I'm the son of a, a high school basketball coach I nice. grew up in the gym um and you know I tell my guys all the time you know I was I was raised by 16 17 and 18 year old basketball players um and those were the guys that I I grew up idolizing but when I got to high school I I wasn't a very good player I was um a really good teammate and I really understood the game and I I you know people that are nice to me say that I really maximized all the abilities I could have had. Uh, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. But uh, I kind of took on a role as an assistant coach um, while I was a player for my pops in high school. He had a longtime assistant coach that uh, Tony Marshburn, who was a legendary head coach at Northside High School, won a state championship there in Jacksonville. And uh, when they opened Northside, he left and went there to be the head coach. And, you know, my dad and my family were obviously really excited for him, but it left a void in our program. And, you know, I kind of had to step into that role a little bit, whether I realized it or not at the time, which probably prepared me for coaching. And then after high school, I went on to be a student manager at East Carolina and, you know, fell deeper in love with the game and knew that was something I wanted to do. And uh, in my coaching career, I've kind of seen the game from all levels. I've been a manager. I've been at the division one level. I've been at the division three level. I've been at the division two level. I've been a junior college coach I've been a high school coach i've been an assistant i've been a head coach um so i've just I've kind of made my way around um trying to make a living a little bit, but also trying to attach myself to head coaches I knew I could learn from that had been successful that and you know at times in my career, I made decisions that made me less money but put me in places to be around winning and around really positive culture. And I think that um, I'm just very beneficial that some really quality coaches uh, like my dad, like Bart Mundy, like uh, Nick Pasqua, Brian Garmuth, you know, th- those guys were able to influence me and wear off on me a little bit. And I think what you're seeing now is kind of um, a culmination of the cultures that all of those guys have set and then a little bit of my own personality mixed in and that's why we are uh, really tough, really hard nosed. We play hard, and we're a little bit wild too.
2: You you touched on uh, on the on the number of first year players you have this year. They're all first year players. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, Ryan just uh, yeah. answer my question, oh, Stoltz. Sorry, Stol- Stol- sorry, your sorry, sorry, Coach. But <laughs> so, what I've noticed about your team is the intensity on defense. Um, you know, you touched on. It, you know the 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 struggles uh shooting the ball from time to time but um you know the the game against pit where uh you know offensive rebounds and putbacks you know carry the day for you and um but but the intensity on defense is that a principle that uh that you feel like you you want to build your program around
4: oh absolutely um you know, that's kind of my mentality. Uh, it was as a player, it is as a coach. But uh, I feel like, you know, you got to be aggressive on offense and you got to try to keep people on he- on their heels. Uh, but we talk a lot about, you know, being aggressive on defense as well and that we need to impose ourselves on people. They have to feel us and they don't get to play a style that, that they're comfortable with. They don't get to play a way that they practice. And I think, you know, we called a timeout last night even though we had a bit of a lead have a conversation about the fact that they're comfortable right now and they don't get to come in here and be comfortable in our gym. And that's that's something that we're really big on um you know putting pressure on the on the other team for 94 feet making them work for every single thing. Um you know on our court the it doesn't work quite as well cuz the boards on our floor uh run the other direction but Uh, If they're parallel to the baseline, it it works a little bit better, this analogy. But we talk about making the other team earn every board that they get. So every dribble up the floor, every inch you move forward, every pass you make, you have to work for it. You have to earn it. We don't want anything free against us. And so it's, you know, it's a lot of perceived pressure. You know, we're not not picking you up full court trying to turn you over necessarily, but we want to make you feel us. We want to make you think about every dribble you take. We want to make you really worry about the fact that we're there and it has a accumulation effect over time you know we're probably not going to steal it from you on the first play or the fifth play but when you get 35 minutes into a college basketball game and someone has made you work for every step you took the whole way you know it kind of takes your legs out and and we really feel like we're going to be in better shape than most people we play and that at the end when it comes down to it and it's winning time, we feel like we'll have more gas left in the tank because we've really worn you down over the course of a 40-minute game.
1: That voice your are listening to, that's Matt Grantham. He is the head basketball coach at Lenore Community College. He is our big interview here today. And as you know, uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare is exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find in hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston. for your health care needs or call them at 252 252- 522 7000. You can also email them at infolenore.org at or visit the comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's jump right back into him. We've got him here for a couple more minutes Is Matt Grantham, head basketball coach at LCC. And uh, you know what? I was going to ask you about Mid Atlantic, but I remember at the very beginning the say, "Have they improved any since the beginning of the season, Coach?" Or were we pretty much good? quit laughing, Mike Martin, or are they going to be about the uh, same level as what we saw at the beginning? How you opened your season, Coach?
4: Um, I'm sure they have gotten better over the course of a season, as as everybody tends to do. Um, you know, I think that they have what they have to work with, um, and so I think that. Uh it would it would be disappointing if we didn't come out and perform well. Um, but you you gotta take every opponent seriously in college basketball. Uh you never know who's capable of getting hot on a given night. Um and you know, we believe defensively that we're not gonna be the kind of team that just shows up and gets surprised by uh offensive explosion. Um but we still need two really good days of practice, and we got to show up and shoot around, you know, ready to have a championship shoot around, and then we got we to gotta come to work at 6 p.m. and, and play really hard for 40 minutes, so we're not going to beat anybody. There you
1: go. Well, this is, uh, I, this
2: is my last question. Do you have another one, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to throw something else out. Yeah, go ahead. So, Coach, yeah, I was actually just sitting here going through your roster and, and, and your – you come at guys in waves. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's not really a um, yeah, you know, it, it's not a team where you say, "Oh gosh, if they don't get it from Clarence or if they don't get it from Trey or if they don't get it from you know, Jerry, it like it it, it is a team that um that really shows up in waves. Is that a strategy that that you feel works you know best for you i mean in your coaching experience i'm guessing you've been a part of teams where you know you have the 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 five star you know guy that that everybody focuses on but do you feel like this is a situation where this gives you an advantage by 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 having the depth that you have
4: yeah you know i'm i'm always a believer of of being really deep, um, not just because of what it can do for you in games, but practice, you know, we're we're not the kind of team necessarily that every time we go to practice, it's, you know, starting five in one color and the next five in the other color. Uh, When we do our compete days and practice and when we go at it against each other, you know, a lot of times I let them be captains and they pick their teams. Um, And I do that for a couple of reasons. A, because I want them to be balanced and I wanted to be really competitive uh, and B because, you know, I think guys can somehow – sometimes when they don't get to get into the games, they feel like coach doesn't like me or coach doesn't see my game for what it is. But when a couple times a week your teammates get to pick teams, if you're always the last pick, you know, it's hard not to look yourself in the mirror and know the truth. Um, and so, it, you know, it, I think they have to be honest with each other, and that's a way in which you can kind of make them be honest with each other. Uh, but I, I am a big believer in depth. Um, I think some of that is junior college basketball and the way that this game is played. Um, but just in college basketball in general, you know, I, I know some coaches I've heard over the years that, you know, you talk about a really good recruit and, you know, they'll make comments like, well, you know, we've, we're bringing everybody back and, you know, how's he going to fit in? Or you know, how's he going to take it if he doesn't get to play? Or, you know, there's only one, there's only one ball in the gym. And I'm a firm believer I want good players. And if that means that there's good players coming off the bench or good players only playing 10 minutes a game, so be it. You know, they got to figure it out. You can be a good player on a winning team here around a bunch of other good players, or you can find somewhere to go be the only good player. And I can tell you losing is not a lot of fun, or at least not for me personally. So I've never really been scared to have uh, too much talent on a roster. Um, I think things sort of sort themselves out. But when we put this team together this summer and, you know, in the three or four weeks that we had to put it together, the goal was pace and depth. The way we're going to beat people is with pace and depth. We're going to play really fast and we're going to come at you with a lot of bodies. And so, you know, we went out and got a lot of guys that were high character that played hard, that came from winning programs, but, uh, that had a skill set could dribble, pass and shoot. And and we knew that we could kind of try to put it together with that formula. Um, and it does allow you, um, you know, to live through some foul trouble you couldn't do otherwise. It does allow you, you know, when guys go down and aren't going to be available for a game, to be able to change a rotation and next man up. And for me, the other thing it really allows you to do is it allows you to hold guys accountable. Um, you know, I don't really ever want to have a guy that knows You know, coach has to play me, and it doesn't matter if I behave. It doesn't matter if I'm a good teammate. It doesn't matter if I do the things off the court I'm supposed to do. He has to play me. I'm not that guy, and I need them to understand that, that you you have to live right and and live up to the standard that we expect or the next guy will have your job um, because you're just not going to make a mockery of what we're trying to do here. And so when you've got a lot of good players, it allows you to really build a culture and stand by it. Um, and it allows you to throw a lot of bodies that got at other teams, and it's it's hard to prepare for. Um, and another thing that we like to do just from a strategy standpoint, we really like to pick on matchups. Um, if if you're going – you know, we're, we're big on defense. We praise our defense, and we want five guys on the floor that can guard. And if you're going to put a guy on the floor that can't guard or that doesn't value defense, uh, we're going to go at him. And so some nights – You know, Clarence has got a bad matchup, and he's going to get off a little bit. Some nights you got a guy on trade that can't guard him, and we're going to attack you with him. And You know, there's a bunch of guys on this team that we really trust to go make a play, and you need to put five guys on the floor to take pride in their defense, or else we're going to find out who that guy is, and we're coming for him.
1: Absolutely love it. Listen, uh, LCC coach uh, Matt Grantham, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations again, eight and three two games left before uh, the Christmas break. Uh, Will you join us next week? I'd love to talk to you uh, because one of the last questions I had, but we're up against it right now is I wanted to find out what you're going to be doing over this Christmas break. I mean, after you play next week uh, at Southwest Virginia, you're off until Thursday, January the 11th. So, I mean, about three weeks there, maybe a a little over three weeks, three weeks and a couple of days that you guys are going to be off. Well, can we talk to you about that next week, Coach?
4: Absolutely. And I, I need to do my homework and, uh, Ask the lady in my life what we're doing so that I can give you.
1: <laughs> I love it. Listen, Coach, thank you so much for joining Mike and I this morning here on the show. Uh, good luck. Not that you're going to need it against Mid Atlantic on uh, Friday. And then we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sir. Go get him, Coach. Right, sir, Brian. You guys have a good one. Appreciate it. There you All go. Right. That's Matt Grantham from LCC. Mike Martin we're up against it dude thank you so much again two hours you stay with me two hours every wednesday i really do appreciate it uh, and thank you for getting john in here too okay good times my man good times there you go let's get john and jonathan in here to play the birthday game we'll wrap up this uh wednesday december 13th edition of the brian hanks show right after that uh, it's hump day it's wednesday december the 13th in the year of our lord 2023 gentlemen and John it is
0: 12 days from Christmas. Now he he insulted me in front of God and all the listeners and I'm sitting right here with a present to give <laughs> you. Oh you didn't say it was for me
1: you just said there was a present. I didn't know if it was like for Linda or for Molly or
0: even for our son Jonathan. So you know I mean so when I say <laughs> I have a present for you oh you somehow got that confused. Have you met me? Come on. By the way, dude. Let me get you a barrel of ginkgo biloba. I,
1: did, I need something. Actually, I've been trying a free ad here. I've been trying this stuff called Thesis. Have you heard of it? Nope. It's up online. It started out. You're, you're supposed to take it for a week, uh, four different kinds for a week. The first one I took and I finished was Creativity. And now I'm in, uh, what, now day four of Energy. Really not working yet. And then coming I to up, up is, with, with a
0: Thesis when I was working on my paper in college. <laughs>
1: And then there's logic and clarity. What,
0: what is you should just a four pack of clarity.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Are neat. these
0: vitamins or chewable? What, what are no, they?
1: No, they're like little pills that you take. It's supposed to. I've talked about this here on the show before. I used to take uh, Concerta. Uh-huh. i have adhd you know we've talked about that before i'm sure get out yeah i really do I'm diagnosed adhd uh-huh. and uh-huh. i just decided i wanted to get away from you know being chemically enhanced every day so all I you quit need taking... is me next to with a sharp
0: stick <laughs> we'll fit, we don't need any pharmaceuticals
1: so i don't need clarity then me and this <laughs> hockey stick are, that's all you need pal Oh well, there you go so anyway uh, but it's supposed to be helpful have you guys noticed the difference there's, I'm now in week two of uh, four, here's weeks your present of this. before you
5: forget what to, <laughs> your own name. More importantly, have you noticed the difference?
1: With the uh, first one, not at all. Uh, the creativity—I thought it would help because I was working on some stuff. It, oh, there's a mailman outside uh, uh, on the other side of the road right now. Point again at me, Brian. Point again at you. Uh, creativity did nothing, and that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be taking notes every day. I take it in the morning, and then I record if I see any changes or anything happening. It's pretty. Expensive. It's not cheap, okay? These these little pill things here, and uh, but they're all natural though. They're not. So's lava. (laughs) (laughs) Open your present, okay? Okay. So to answer your question, no, I haven't noticed. I see Elf
0: on it. I was actually surprised if you don't have that already. I do not. Dude, this is awesome! T- it's radio, so you're gonna have to explain it. Oh, it's son of a nutcracker. It's elf, and it's twelve days of socks. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, twelve days from Christmas. Doesn't that scream Brian Hanks? Dude, that is awesome! Dude, thank
1: you, you're welcome. thank you. Should I put some on right now? No. Oh, okay. It's four pairs
0: of crew socks and eight pairs of low cut socks. There you go. Dude, I'm, that I'm sure is they're awesome. high quality and will last you at least. One Christmas, but, you know. <laughs> well, you sure you don't want me to put some on right now? I'm positive. Keeping okay. foots away from the, from the air, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, very good. Oh, have you got your Christmas shopping done yet? Obviously, you just
0: did a little bit with me there. Uh, well, that was just an impulse. Um, Thank you. I'd say I'm 75% done. Okay. My parents are, I really want to get them nice stuff, but they're just really hard to buy for. What you got for them? You know, my dad listens to the show. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> That's what I was, I was trying to do. Dude, I like yeah. that top you've got on over there, Jonathan yeah. Massey. Yeah, It's a Seku top. It's very cool. Yeah. So which, what day do you get on the focus box? What day is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is a focus one. There's a logic and a clarity. After I get well, through, well, logic's out the window. Yeah, you could get that. Wow, thanks.
5: Well, you defy all of it. Yeah. I do defy like
0: trying logic. To pull that pull is rope. Rope. Anyway. <laughs> trying to shoot with a rope,
1: but anyway, trying to shoot pool with a what? A rope. <laughs> you could do that if you pulled it taut and then let it go, and it would. Okay. Anyway, uh, what about you over there? Giggles? Logic.
0: That's a, that's the lot. This is logic day.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. This is uh, well. See, you got to do it for six days in a row. Then you take a day off. Then you start the next one. Six days, and you take a day off. And, uh, I'm telling
0: you, just let me hit you with the stick.
1: Yeah, probably, that's <laughs> what I it. Cheaper and more fun for me. <laughs> there you
5: go. <laughs> <sighs> How you doing over there, Chuckles? I'm good. I'm good. Only person at my house that's not sick right now, so that's great. Yeah, well,
1: uh, I guess I can say this while I lift the curtain. Uh, Linda's not feeling well either now. She, uh, she
0: realized while she's... Agreed to? Has she?
1: Yeah. Well, that's. You'd think that would have happened. You would think a with your new album ago. out, she
0: would be happy with the money. Dude, in. by the way. Yes. That is. Hip hop along. Hank's rides again. Have you read it yet? Yeah. It yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. What was it you called Rich? DJ Mom Jeans.
1: <laughs> and some of those song titles, man. Mm. I laughed what well, were there, about 12 or 13 of them, however yeah, many? I laughed six at, really good ones. I, I, I was going to say eight or yeah. nine. I laughed at eight or nine of them. I just outright laughed at them. You got to go check it out. Where do you go to check that out over there, Jonathan Massey?
5: Bucklesberry.com.
1: Bucklesberry.com, in fact. Or if you want to sponsor it on the show, we'll read it on the show. There you go. We absolutely will. Uh, let us talk about... Uh, the title sponsor of uh, this here uh, birthday game. By the way, Mm. it's got a new name. I'm not joking. It is now called GoEco Technology Service Provider. It's not GoEco Office Automation anymore. It's GoEco Technology Service Provider. GTSP. Okay. Well, GoEco is
0: actually an acronym for something, so I guess it's GoEco TSP. Well, Elvis used to have the thing about uh, TCB taking care of business. This would be TSP. Ah, I like it. you yeah. doing your Elvis voice. Uh, TSP. <laughs> Who won you? Sonny, yesterday? go get the car.
1: Man, no, Massey won yesterday. So you get to tell us about GoEco Technology Service
5: Provider. Well, GoEco Technology Service Provider is uh, <clears throat> one heck of a company headed up by Jock Pass Lake, nestled right here in uh, in Kenston, the Office Innovation Center. I'm assuming that still has the same it, name. It does. Good. Um, because if it didn't, I was going to struggle. <laughs> um, but that, that that place is a a land beyond time. It is... So futuristic, people walk in there, have mental breakdowns. They cannot process. Stephen
0: it. Hawking walked in there one day and started weeping. Walked? <laughs> 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 I believe that proper term would be rolled in there. Yes, yes. Um, but <laughs> which Pink Floyd song does Stephen Hawking appear on? I didn't know he was on a Ted Nugent song. Pink Floyd. Oh, oh,
1: Ted. N- <laughs> Oh No, he's on a Pink Floyd song. Did I say well, Ted? I said Pink Floyd. No, he said uh,
5: Ted Nugent must be the first birthday. He is the first birthday. How did you know? Because that's the only way you would make those two connections. All right, finish the Go Eco <laughs> ad. Then I'll, then I'll
0: finish with, yeah.
5: Anyway, um, Go Eco, great company. They want to, to better your business. And if you want to uh, to find out what they can do for you specifically, you need to give Jock a call. How do you do that, Jonathan Massey? You pick up Ye old Phone and dial 252 252 286 286 or you can visit their website at GoEcoNC.com or what is WhatIsGoEco.com for more information.
1: Do you see what I did
0: there? Yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> um, Stephen we Haw- need to do it one day in all Spanish, dude. Stephen Hawking appeared on the, the the Division Bell that came out in 1994. The first radio single was called Keep Talking. And um, you hear uh, Stephen Hawking's voice because the song is about communication. Okay. Now, the Ted Nugent song he appeared on was Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> is that the song you want to hear? Oh, for Ted Nugent. Yeah, because today is his birthday. I'd rather hear um, Journey to the Center of the Mind when he was with the Amboy Dukes is what I'd like to hear. It's been in a thousand movies. You've heard it. What's the name of it again? Journey.
1: Don't Stop Believing? <laughs> I'm not doing this, Okay. Brian. <laughs>
5: hey, a journey get to my the... backup,
0: dude. You're supposed to be don't, helping me. Don't help me him, him with that. That really is annoying. Don't do that.
5: Journey, journey to the Center of the Mind?
0: Yes. Ted Nugent.
5: Huh, I remembered. <laughs>
0: I think it's in an Ozimbic commercial right now. This is when Ted Nugent was like 16, but he's playing guitar like he's a grown man. Okay.
1: This is Journey to the Center of the Mind by... Uh, the Amboy
0: Dukes featuring yeah. Ted Nugent. The Amboy Dukes, yeah. Out of Detroit, Michigan. You know the name of the album? Best Of or Anthology, something like that. No, no, no. Journey to the Center of the Mind. <laughs> That's the name of the album, See, The Amboy Dukes. Based on you being you, what would you have said if you were me? I would have said the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm getting pretty predictable in my old age. Leave yourself behind. Why don't you have this turned up? You have that idiotic hip-hop blaring. Speaking of, we're not going to have time to get into today because we're so deep into this.
1: But did you watch uh, the Grammy no. Awards? You know what I'm getting ready to say? I don't watch anything to do with Grammys. Well, it was on Sunday night. as a Grammy Awards salute. The 50 years of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was really good. Was I was watching the documentary about paint chips. Yeah. Man, would, you would have got more out of this, I think. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Ted Nugent
1: over there. Uh, Ted Nugent, he's, now he's the one that's a little bit right of center, right,
0: that uh, likes to shoot people and stuff. I don't think he likes to shoot people. I think he likes to hunt and eat what he kills.
5: Oh, he's a big gun enthusiast. Oh, he is? Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to shoot something without a gun.
5: Well, no.
1: You can have <laughs> a bow
0: and arrow.
5: <laughs> or a slingshot. Aside from that nonsense. Or a pea shooter.
3: <laughs> he,
5: he likes to have like custom like semi automatic rifles made yeah. for himself. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is eh, like when he shoots it even...
0: puts his initials in it. I don't know. Some well, knowing say, him, he's got money to make them fully automatic. Which, yeah. whew, he's yeah. just trying to keep it with the hip-hop guy's love of guns. There you go. I'm a Second Amendment guy, so I support his right to do that. It didn't know? sound like, sound like you were being a little judgmental over
1: there. <laughs> Have you met me? Yeah, I'm a lot judgmental. Okay, Ted Nugent. You know who Ted Nugent is, right? Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Massey. How old is he today? Turn it up. That's the best part.
5: 78.
1: You say 78. What do you say? John Dawson 77. He was born December the 13th in year of our Lord 1948. He's 75 today, so congratulations to John Dawson. You get the first one. You lead one to nothing Shucks. Uh, We got another musical hand here. It. you. ain't gonna like it. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. OK, we'll
0: play this. Everybody knows this song, so. Taylor Swift this is radio Brian They can't see you dancing thank God
1: this is shake it turn off, that you wouldn't
0: turn Ted Nugent up if you have to turn <laughs> this crap up well the kids they like the Taylor Swift they don't listen to this show <laughs> and they're dumb back to you Brian <laughs> there you go kids are dumb that's right it's Travis Kelsey's girlfriend it's Taylor Swift. Maybe.
1: There you go, Taylor Swift. I guess we'd already established that, yeah. hadn't we? Yeah.
0: yeah. Sure go, John. It's the obvious hour on WRNS. Yeah,
1: you like Taylor Swift over there, John? Not
0: listen to, Brian. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Oh, well, hold on. Brian, I was shaking it off.
4: Shake it off. Shake Why it is your off. hands
0: like a. Never mind. <laughs> way too loud okay, it's, it, oh it's down it's way down yeah. why won't you turn Ted Nugent up the guy whose rock music is supposed to be loud this is like gooey pap music Yeah, fructose in my ears you get to go first here John Dawson how
1: old is Travis Kelsey's girlfriend That's what I really have no idea uh I got to say this. I think we did her birthday last year, and if I remember, you got it right on the
0: nose because you remember the year she was born. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you wait better. A minute, is it. this the one she made the album about? Okay. I, I see. <laughs> well, This is either a red herring or money in the bank. We'll find out in just a second. Thanks here. for the. Thanks yeah, for getting out yeah, I, I feel bad. I, I, oh,
5: I'm saving John a lot of work right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, I'm pretending I don't know how to do math. I really do. You know, the Check longer you all. take, the more we Check have to listen all. to this, right? Uh, I'm sorry, now i got to start over. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jonathan 30, is d- 34. <laughs> how did you know that? Because he has an album called 1989. 1989.
5: Dick. Him, <laughs> <laughs> not you. Still, uh, still, he's got still a Still went out
1: over the air. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, wait a minute. All right, now turn that crap off.
5: Okay. Well we we get to hear her say something stupid here. <laughs> We've been doing that for five minutes, it seems like.
0: <laughs> I just wanted you to hear this That might be the wisest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah.
1: If you hang out with me. Get that out of here, man. Okay. Uh, well, you do take a two to nothing lead over there, John Dawson. If you don't turn that off, I'm going <laughs> to smash the machine. Okay, please don't do that. Uh, you lead two to nothing. It goes back Jeez. to you. Are you, you, a- you lead two to nothing
5: under protest. <laughs> <laughs> under protest.
1: Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that, should I? I'm I'm sorry. I am sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. I
5: quit. <laughs>
1: I just. Saw I your forfeit. Wedding. Did I tell you that uh, Linda and I went and ordered our wedding rings? We're picking them up this week. I just saw his wedding rings. Does, he flipped me off. Does, so. does me
5: saying I quit
0: did that trigger that? Is that what she said? <laughs> That's no. why she's quote-unquote sick right now. <laughs> yeah. She realized what she's done. Poor thing. Uh, yeah, you
1: lead two to nothing, John Dawson. It goes over to you, uh, Jonathan Massey. Great character actor, but my favorite role was his arc on The Sopranos. It's Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah, he's He's great. been in a lot of He directed of a stuff.
0: movie called uh, Trees Lounge, which is fantastic. He's great in Ghost World, Fargo. Just about everything he's in, he's pretty good in. He's Boardwalk great, Empire. Yeah, there you go. He directed some Sopranos, too. He did. In
1: that, when he, in that arc he was in, that he directed some of them. Steve Buscemi over there, uh, Jonathan Massey. How old is he today? 63. You say 63.
0: John Dawson. Oh, boy. 62.
5: Ah!
1: He was born December the 13th in the year of our Lord 1957. He's actually 66 today. 66. I started John to go with Dawson.
0: 64. I should have. Yeah, you should have. That'd been the smart thing to
5: do. Uh, former, uh, wasn't he on uh, FDNY? Wasn't he a firefighter? In, in real one? life, yeah. yeah.
0: Was he really? Because 9/11, he was down there. He went back with his old unit, or whatever you call it. I didn't. Uh, I did not know that. He, I didn't, he didn't went back to his
5: old station way. and uh, helped out.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. It was two to one. Uh, Jonathan parrot you lead, but it goes to you, uh, Dizzle. He's one of the all-time greats of comedy and television. He was born Richard Wayne Van Dyke, but we know him simply as... Dick
0: Van Dyke.
1: There you go. Who was a comedian that said "I th- that... Uh two of two of his names you can't even say on radio.
0: Yeah. well, <laughs> Who Mary, was it that Mary said that? Tyler Moore told a joke similar to that that we can't say any of on the air but it was quite funny. Yeah. Well, there you go. Dick Van Dyke over there uh, John Dawson. Can you just say it like a normal person, please? <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Say Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke.
5: Is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> You see what you're doing, Johnny? You're taking a shovel <laughs> <laughs> that His has turn. holes in it. Whose turn is it? Uh
1: it's your turn over there, Dick Van Dawson. 100. You say 100. Jonathan Massey. How old today is Dick Van Dyke? 99. He was born December the 13th in the year of Lord 1925, so he's only 98 today. But still plugging right along and doing good. And how about this? You were up two to nothing, John Dawson. You were on the verge of clinching this day, and now you've just thrown it all away. So anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, withering we, stare. Uh, we, that, I don't know. wasn't very withering. He's giving me much more withering stares than that, okay? Do better. Do <laughs> better.
5: <laughs> da, 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 da.
1: This is an awesome artist, actor. I uh, had some health problems earlier. Uh, here we go.
0: She take my money Jamie Foxx. This is this is Jamie, Jamie Foxx right a Ray here. Ray Charles impression. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a gold digger. Don't make me listen to the Kanye part.
4: <laughs> nice, mm. she, oh, she, she a gold, gold digger machine no broke bro.
1: yeah I got the clean version good <laughs> too loud oh. but that's Jamie Fox doing all the Ray Charles parks there isn't that cool you should have just played that
0: and stop oh well I can start it all over if you want me to. no I said stop oh. yes. wait a minute <coughs> can now stop it well,
4: indeed yes, it's a
0: now stop it. What's well, she he's still doing
4: well over time. That digs on me
1: now stop now stop OK. I'll, I'll turn it down. How about that? How about stop it? <laughs> well, we need background as no, we're going outputs, to. That's my
0: job. <laughs> Okay, you're no fun, That stupid John Taylor Dolphin. Swift was bad enough to sit through. I ain't sitting through Kanye and Taylor Swift at the same show. <laughs> in
1: the same show, Forget yeah. Forget it. Yeah, how many brain cells do you think you would have lost if that would have happened? I don't think I have
0: any left. There you go. Jamie Foxx, on a serious note, Jamie Foxx, we're all three fans, right? I know Very I am. Very talented guy. I saw the. my wife and I went to see the movie Ray in Kinston and I think there were like 12 people in the audience and at the end of it one woman got up and clapped like she was at a show oh, wow. or she was a little imbalanced but whatever <laughs> do not talk about the long suffering wife like that, that is very cruel it was not her Oh.
1: I didn't you think that's who he was talking about? no I thought it was when you had longer hair
5: <laughs> what's wrong wow. with my hair? <laughs>
1: You've never seen me. With, I've never had it. This is about the longest my hair has ever been. No, nah, it's been longer than that.
5: Has it? Yeah, and fuller.
1: Um. Oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, he
0: didn't.
1: Yeah, he did. Wow. <laughs> wow. <gasps> oh. That hurt? It, it hurt a lot. Him? John? I would expect that. You me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one with the thickest, luscious hair in the room. I mean, that's dude, true. You do have thick, lush hair. I don't dude. make fun of people's
0: hair because I know this could change overnight. Yeah. Well, mine's already it. changing. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Well,
1: I do. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm thinking about doing. we talked about yeah. this? Bathing,
5: <laughs> shaving your head. Yeah, shaving my
1: head. I think
0: you should just go full on mullet. What do you think about this? this Get is a what sticker some like the back of the mud flaps from the, of the, the, the woman leaning back and put back here in the back of your hair. <laughs> well, here's what
1: I was <laughs> thinking shaving my head back to about right here, back to the, you know, and, but letting it grow out
0: in the back. That's what he thinks.
5: I'm sorry. That's called a skullet.
0: <laughs> a skullet. When Peter Gabriel was in Genesis, he shaved his head off back to here and, and then let it grow down. It was, okay. he could do that as a I think tribute. I could pull that off, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Okay. I think uh, you should do it for the wedding. You just don't tell Linda.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think she would do to me? You know what? That's right. Because, I'll, you know, the wedding rehearsal, and then we're going to be apart from each other from 4 o'clock that afternoon until, you know, noon the next day. Get it done in that period there. You think Tanya would probably do it for me?
0: And we should put a veil over you so she can unveil you, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Mo. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's good. High yeah. five.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. I do oh. it for free. <laughs> like you. Okay, uh, Jamie Foxx, uh Jonathan. It's for the win. You guys are tied two to two. Fifty-three. You say fifty-three. What do you say, John Dolphin? <sighs> Good God. That was a moist sigh there, dude. Fifty four. <laughs> he was born December the thirteenth in the year of the Lord. Nineteen. Well, if you'd have guessed that, you would have got it exactly on. As soon as I
5: said 53, I
1: knew it was too low. 1967. He would be, or he would be, he is 56 today. So congratulations, John Dawson. His episode of comedians and cars getting coffee is very funny. I will have to check that out for sure. Well, you win today, three to two over there, John Dawson. Other birthdays today. (laughs) Not just one, but two of the best athletes I've ever covered, ever. Uh, Bo Ingram. Brandon's big brother, uh, Bo, who won a state championship in 2008. And I've often said, you know, everybody wants to talk about Brandon and Brandon's good. Don't get a twist. I mean, he's only making, you know, 35 million a year playing for the New Orleans Pelicans and is one of the best players in the NBA. But I'm telling you, bo ingram was just as good as him in high school he really was you remember he graduated same year you did in 2008 i mean he was a heck of a player a heck of an athlete and he was uh happy birthday to you bo happy birthday to steel Sowers, uh, probably the best baseball player to ever come through north lenore high school uh thank the world of him uh, and then happy birthday to christopher bradshaw who i will see tonight at the kinston uh, basketball game as they take on green central listen what a fun show. What a fun show. Thank you again so much to Mike Martin and John Marshall in our first hour. LCC coach Matt Grath on our second hour. Mr. Energy himself, Jay Wilson, will be with us in the first hour live from Greenville for the nine one nine two five two. Jason Bryant in our second hour tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hank Show presented by Lenore Community College.